Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, family. Thank you for letting me into your, your living room or wherever you are today. Sure miss you, and uh, I'm excited about what God has for us today. I'd like to open in prayer here before we open the word. Heavenly Father, Lord, wherever the cornerstone is, Lord, today, wherever people who are watching, I pray that, Lord, you'll reach down and touch them right where they are. Lord, their, their, their church environment right now is, is, Lord, the location, Lord, that they're watching this. And wherever, Lord, they're listening to your word, I pray that the Holy Spirit will add to, Lord, the teaching and encourage each and every one, Lord, that as we come to turning points in our life and, and the, those important moments, that, Lord, we'll be prepared for them. And, uh, Father, I pray that you would bless each one in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I, um, well, I was looking at all, the, all of you folks who've joined in um, today, and um, I'm thankful that you're, you're being part. We're, we're going to be, um, I'm going to ask you to kind of, interact um, during the message time. And uh, there are times when we normally are in service and I'll say, um, excuse me, I'll say to people like, turn to one another and say, you know, um, whatever it might be, you know, get, um, get your act together, whatever it might be. But when, when we do that, of course, in church, it makes it a lot easier. But I'm going to ask you, would you consider, if you're, if, it's, if you're available to do that, I know some environments, like when I watch on, uh, on my television, I don't have really access to be able to um, make comment on my, uh, my TV set when, it's, when I'm watching uh, on, uh, on YouTube. But if you are in an environment that you can do that, would you just respond, okay? So if I say, hey, tell one another, would you just respond? Tell one another. Let's just kind of make this a fun environment where people are watching as others are interacting and we're doing that together or maybe give give me a thumbs up on that okay so is that is that okay if that's okay give me a thumbs thumbs up or you know a yes or or a happy face or something so we are taking a look today at what's called turning points I'm calling it turning points because there are moments in our life and usually those moments that are turning point moments in our life, we're really not aware of. We're, we're, uh, they, they usually come as moments where we don't see that this is really a turning point. But when we look back at our life, we see that that was a very significant moment in our life. And so I want you to consider what... When you look back, what, what are some of the moments in your life that you go, that was a turning point moment, but I didn't know it at the time. I, maybe it was, you know, the, the, the starting, the process of you becoming more aware of God and eventually coming to Christ. Maybe there was a decision made that set you on the right track or maybe set you on the wrong track. It was a turning point moment in your life. I remember as a young believer, I mean, there's so many of these kind of turning point moments, but I had just been a, a, a Christian for a very short period of time, and uh, a group of my friends were heading off to the river, 
And uh, it was a, to, to basically spend a couple days uh, partying, the weekend partying. And um, I was a new Christian. I was just, you know, learning the things of God and, and the Word of God, and I really was tr trying to follow Jesus. And they invited me to go on this trip. When I look back now, that was a turning point moment because I was not strong enough to go on that trip. I mean, I said in my mind, you know, I'm not going to go party with them. I'll just go have a good time, have some fun, and be on the water and so forth. But, but looking back, I know that I would not have been strong enough at that time to, to make that, that, that trek. I would have ended up probably falling, and who knows where my Christian life would have went because of that. And I was sitting, basically it was a, a small group of uh, young people, and there was this one girl that was uh, really brand new in the Lord as well. And she was laying back in her chair, and I was contemplating, in fact, I was going to make the decision right afterward if I was going to go or not. I was thinking I was probably going to go, going to call the guys and say, yeah, let's go, pick me up tomorrow and we'll go. And she sat up out of her chair, and she said, she, she said, she said, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness or light with darkness? And then she kind of put her head down. What well, was the scripture? It was the first scripture she memorized, and it became one of the first scripture I memorized. But all of a sudden, she just kind of sat up, spouted it out for no reason at all, and she had no idea what I was thinking, and then put her head back and laid back. And I, and I went, oh, wow. God, God, the Holy Spirit just kind of came on her, spoke a prophetic word, and it was a turning point in my life. Now, looking back, I know that I was very young in the Lord. I was very uh, susceptible to really falling into, um, you know, a, a sinful pattern in my life again. And, uh, but God rescued me, and there was a, that, that moment in my life. Now, there are a lot of moments that we have, and, uh, but the one I want to look at today was a critical moment in the life of David and uh, in his life. Let me give you a little bit of background. You know about David, and, and he was 17 years old when he killed Goliath, and he had been anointed to become king of Israel by Samuel. But from the time that he was anointed to be king of Israel... Man, things didn't go well. And there was a process that David was going through that God was actually in charge of. He was, he was orchestrating things in David's life to make him the kind of king that he would eventually be the greatest king in Israel's history. And so David was... Um, now, the, the story at, at this point is 10 years later after he's been anointed to become king, and he's still... He's still, at this point, still running from Saul. And uh, Saul's trying to kill him. And he's got a group of, well, we just call them rejects. That's, that's who they were. Um, he, they, there, there was a group that gathered. He had about 600 men. And the script, what the scripture says about them is that they were discouraged. They were in debt. Right? They, they were, they were the, the, the kind of people you probably wouldn't want to hire but they gathered around David, and they were, they were now his army. They were his, his, his partners. And, uh, and after David is, you know, battling with Saul, um, his men are hired on as mercenaries uh, to fight with the Philistines. Of all people, the Philistines. You know, uh, Goliath was a Philistine. 
And so they're fighting with the Philistine. Now, that's unheard of. That's kind of like a USC Trojan jumping over to be with a UCLA Bruin, right? You just don't do that. You know, it's like a, it's like a, 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 a Laker becoming a Clipper, right? It doesn't happen. You don't, you don't cross those lines. Well, they did, and they were fighting with the Philistines. And then the king, king of the Philistines realized what was happening, said, These, there's Jews here. Get them out of the army. So they now are leaving, and they're going home, and they had established a, a town called Ziglag as their home. And, and they have, have their houses there, and they had built uh, families and, and, um, and a community there. And they're coming home from Ziglag. And, um, and when they get there, a disaster has happened. And it is a turning point in David's life. In fact, this, this would be the worst time up until this time in David's life. He has never had anything as bad happen as, as this in his entire life at this point. But, but it would be because of the way he responded, it would end up being the turning point in his life, and from this point on, everything gets better in his life. See, it, it seemed like everything's getting worse, and all of a sudden, everything starts getting better from this moment in his life. I, I, I imagine there's a few of us that are thinking, I'd like to have that kind of turning point moment. I need, I need things to start getting better. Things have not been going well, and, uh, and there's all these challenges in my life. I want to see things get better. Well, I believe the Holy Spirit has something for you. I believe that God wants to teach you some ways that you can get stronger and, and, uh, and better and things can begin to turn in your life. We're in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 1 where I pick up the story. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south of Ziglag, attacked Ziglag, and burned it with fire. So they come home, and everything's destroyed. It says in verse 2, And had taken captive the women and those who were, who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So now their families have been taken. I mean, these, this is a pretty good-sized army. This... This, uh, this attack that's happening to them is a result of um, a, a pretty good-sized military unit that has come in. Now they've taken everything uh, away from them. And so the Amalekites are, have, uh, have taken off. They don't know how long it's, they've been gone. Obviously, they can tell from the burning and so forth that they might be able to catch them. But the scripture says, so David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire, and their wives, their sons, their daughters had been taken captive. And then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Now, some of you know what that's like. You've had experiences in your life where you cry and you cry and you cry, until there's just no more tears. You cry and you don't even have power to cry anymore, to weep anymore. And that's what's happened here 
This was a devastating time in, in David's life and in all his, all his men. I'm sure his heart was just broken, not only for his own family being gone, but for the men who, who, are, who are, have lost so much under his leadership. And, and when things like this happen, you know, when you have those kind of tragedies in your life, it's just normal. People look back and say, oh, if I had only, you know, if I had only been there, if I had only made this decision, if I had only not, you know. And, and they had gone to war and le left their family there, and, and David was the one leading them. So I'm sure that when, when the men were at this point, they were weeping, and now you, you know, when, when you're in that kind of place and there's someone to blame, you'll blame them. And that's what people do. They, they blame others when they're in a situation that they have no power over and they're in grief. And that's what's going on here. And David was, the scripture says, greatly distressed. Not just distressed. He was greatly distressed. Have you had times in your life, maybe now, some of you, are you, you in a time where you would describe it as greatly distressed I'm greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him now stoning someone in those days was a little different than the way we use the words today but he they, they it was a, a, a severe very painful way of death and it says because the soul of all the people were grieved every man for his sons and his daughters so they want to kill David now, when you are rejected by rejects, you're pretty low. And that's where David is. He's rejected by rejects. And David must, he had to come to a, a point now, a decision point in his life. And I can kind of hear David going, you know what? I've just decided this is my last cry. This is my last tear. No more. I, I'm going to deal with this situation. And I get that because the next word is, but David, but David. In other words, there's a change going on. And if there wasn't a but David here, David's life would have been a completely, gone a completely different direction. But David's life didn't because it says David strengthened himself in the Lord strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. Now, many people in the Bible are described as strengthen, strengthening themselves. People, you hear that all the time. In fact, much of the teaching about encouraging others is really about, you know, taking the bull by the horn and be positive. And this is not a be positive message you know, and I'm, I'm, I value people being positive. I, I like being around positive people. But when, when this kind of thing happens in someone's life, when, you're, when something this severe, positive attitude is not enough. It will never be enough to take someone past this kind of um, devastation in people's life. In fact, it, doesn't, it isn't enough to take people through most kind of devastating uh, times in people's lives. It, is, it, it falls short 
just a positive attitude. Although the Bible even talks about it, it's important to be positive. It's important to have faith and, and, uh, and, and all that. But I want you to see that it says of David, he didn't just strengthen himself, as it does in other places in the Bible of other leaders where it says they strengthen themselves. But the end of them strengthening themselves didn't always work out well. Sometimes they strengthened themselves for battle and then they lost. So this isn't just David strengthening himself. This is David strengthening himself in the Lord. The, the King James, uh, the old King James Version said, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Actually, the word is self-talk. Is, he is talking to oneself. Actually, that Hebrew word means that he encouraged himself. He, he talked to himself about the Lord and about the things that he believed. Because really, when you're in this kind of time in your life, you have to take advantage of a gift that God's given to us that sometimes we're ridiculed of, and that is talking to ourselves. Now, I know if you're mumbling to yourself all day long, there could be some problems, and I understand if you're arguing with yourself all the time, that could be a problem too, especially if you lose your argument to yourself. But this is a different kind of thing. This is, this is a speaking about the things that you know are true in God, and that is what exactly what David is doing. And the, David, we see that in Scripture. We see him doing it in other locations in the Bible. For instance, in Psalms 103, in verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Now get what he is doing here. He's talking to himself. He's saying, bless the Lord, O my soul. Well, who's he saying it to? He's saying it to himself. He's saying, he's saying you know, David, bless the Lord. Don't forget his benefits. Remember that God has blessed you for... You know, bless the Lord. He forgives all your iniquities. He heals your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. And he crowns you with loving kindness. Bless the Lord. We have to learn to talk to ourselves sometimes. We have to learn to yell at ourselves sometimes. We have to learn to, to really kind of get ourselves in a place where, we're, we, where we know we should be when we're going through these times and put ourselves back on a firm foundation of God's word. Because when he's encouraging himself in the Lord, he's encouraging himself in God's word. He's, he's recalling what God has said, what God has told him. He's, the, the word of God is permeating his soul because he's speaking to himself about that. He's encouraging himself in the Lord. Folks, we need to learn to do this. We need to learn to speak to ourselves when our when when our, you know, we're, we're our pattern, our thinking process is going away from the word of God. We speak to our souls. We, 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 we recall what God has told us and what God has said to us. And some of you right now, this is time for you to, to just strengthen yourself in the Lord. Why don't you just say that to one another? Why don't you say, hey, be strengthened in the Lord. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. You know, look to God right now. This is the time to begin rethinking this is a turning point in many of your lives 
right now. You're going through some difficult things. Uh, the whole country is and the whole world is in so many ways. And, and sometimes, you know, there's frustration. We believe that sometimes, the, the, you know, the, the leaders are too political and they're, they're playing a game and we're in the middle of it. And we have all this kind of thing that's going on. But listen, God is in full control. And we have to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. We have to stop worrying about what other people are thinking and what they're doing. David is in a place where the men that he has trusted, the men that he's fought with, the men that have fought for him, they want to turn on him. They're ready to kill him, right? He cannot, he cannot put his focus on what they want to do. He has to find out what God wants him to do. And he has to begin by getting his heart in the right place and by just turning to God and, and trusting the Lord and praising God and worshiping God and glorifying God as he does that. And the, the scripture says that um, as David then... He, he begins to ask God, uh, and, and he starts off, he, the scripture says he, in verse 7, Then David said to Abiathar the priest, Amalek's son, Please bring the ephod here to me. Now, he asked the priest to give him the ephod. Now, the ephod, wonder what that is. It was the outer garment that was put, it was kind of like a shawl that was put on the priest, where the high priest would go in and, uh, and make sacrifice, that the, the, they would put on this, this uh, garb, the, the ephod. And it was a, a, a priest's responsibility to then plead on behalf of the people to pray. But David's not a priest. He's not a priest, but he's calling for the ephod. And he's asking for the ephod. Why? Because David's a man of prayer. David is taking the role of the priest, and he's taking the ephod, and now he's going to take that ephod, and he's going to petition God. He's going to pray. He's going to take his voice to God. He's going to pray through, and he's going to seek God. See, he's, he's going to be the man that waits upon the Lord, as the psalm says in Psalm 27, 14, it says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. David takes the ephod. You need to take the ephod. You and I need to grab the ephod. We need to put it on. We are people of prayer. You know, so many of us are wanting others to pray for us, but we need to pray for ourselves. We need to be the people who trust God and believe God. And some of us have never learned to be, you know, real prayer warriors. And, and it, this is a turning point. Some of us are forced into a situation, and these kinds of situations make prayer warriors sometimes. Sometimes it's because of these situations, but it's a choice, isn't it? David can make a choice. He could run. You know, the, the men want to kill him. He could just, you know, just fall in completely into despair and go, well, whatever happens, happens. If they kill me, they kill me. Whatever happens, happens. Or he could take the ephod. And I want to take the ephod. Why don't you tell your neighbor, take the ephod. Hey, put on the ephod. Put on the ephod. We need to take that rain, and we need to pray, and we need to pray through. And we can't live in a pity party. We can't live and, and be uh, overcome with despair and live in despair. We need to take that role in our lives, and we need to take the ephod, get on our knees, and begin to petition God. 
You don't need someone else praying for you. I mean, it's a benefit. I've always been the kind of uh, believer in, you know, corporate prayer, praying for one another. I am all for that. I'm all in. I'm the kind of person that says, I'm a prayerholic. I'll take all the prayer I can get. I petition and encourage people to pray for me. But I'm going to tell you, if no one prays for me, I can still pray. And you can too. You don't need your pastor to pray for you. God will hear you. You pray. You seek God. You petition God. You tell God what, what you're desiring and what you need in your life. And David petitions God. And the Bible says, so, so David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? So what's going on for David is now he's getting direction from God. He wants to know what to do. Now, some would just jump in, right? I'm, I'm sometimes that kind of person. I'm, I'm going to just jump in. Uh, this is what, what else you do. I mean, I've got to go find, you know, my family. They stole my family. I've got to go get them. I, we've got to go. We've got to go find them. But the process of that happening can be detrimental too. I mean, they could kill them when they see they see them coming. They need direction from God. David needs direction from God and how he's going to do that. And God says, he answers them. He says, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them without fail, recover all. Now he's got the promise, right? God says, listen, you go after them. I'm going to make sure. See, David, you're going to recover all. And then in if you, down in verse 19, the, uh, David uh, had, uh, had recovered all the Amalekites had carried away. And the scripture says in verse 19, And nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which had, take, had taken from them. David recovered all. I have a word for you. Everything the devil takes from you, you'll get it all back. Everything the devil takes from you, you're going to get it all back. You're, you just, God has made promises to us and don't get in despair. David took what he took, the promise of God, and he went to battle. Now, some of you, the devil has stolen a lot from you. You know what the Bible says, and I, and I, I will speak this, and in the Old Testament, if a person stole something, they had, to, they had to restore it fourfold back. They stole something, they had to restore it fourfold. And I'd say, Lord, I expect fourfold coming back. What the devil has stolen, I want fourfold back. And I, I required it because your law says so, your word says so. I, re, I, I require it because, God, you promised to restore everything that the enemy has taken, everything, you know, Joel says, everything the locust has eaten, everything that the locust has, has destroyed, I'm going to restore to you. And God is going to restore to you. Some of you have seen destruction in your family, God's going to restore to you. Some of you have seen loss in your, you know, your, your careers and your income and your, your and God's going to restore. Just trust him. Don't get in despair. Don't live in this, you know, uh, place of, of anxiety and fear and self-doubt and all of these kinds of things. Trust in the Lord. Come to him. Encourage yourself in the Lord. You know, strengthen yourself in the Lord. 
And, and God will help you. Now, let me, let me just give you, and I, I'm going to close with these just uh, three things I want to just give you. I want to give you three ways that you encourage yourself in the Lord. Now, we've already talked about, you know, the word of God, and we've already talked about praise and worship. You know, you do that. You worship the Lord and all of that. And that's part of that encouraging yourself in the Lord. But these are just some uh, three little practicals that you find in the scripture. The first one is found in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 6. This is where, where um, Moses is giving direction to Joshua. And he says, be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Now, what did he tell them? Be strong, be courageous. Why? Here's why. Because you have been promised an inheritance. You have been promised an inheritance. I have been promised an inheritance from God. Now, no matter what I'm going through, you know what God has given us? He's given us a promise, and he said this. Whatever's mine is yours. Whatever I have, you have. See, it's unlimited. Uh, he, he, he talks about his unlimited ability to bless us. You know, he that withheld not his own son, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now, there's, there's an earthly blessing to that and a promise that's there of God's blessing in our life in so many areas of our life, fruitfulness and so forth. But there's an eternal blessing, an inter- eternal inheritance that I, no matter what I'm going through, listen, the devil's not going to win. I get everything that God has for me. I just need to not, you know, wallow in my despair. I need to be grateful and looking beyond what God has already made promises to me that I'm going to have. I have an inheritance, and my inheritance is him, and my inheritance is everything that he has. And God has made that promise for me. We talk about heaven. We're not just living in heaven. We own it, right? It's all ours. It's, that, that, that's our place. That's our house. That's, you know, God's eternal destination for us is the promise. It's all ours. The universe is ours, right? I don't know if there's going to be, you know, able to travel. I kind of dream of that. You know, someday, you know, God will just say in our supernatural, uh, you know, our resurrected you know, bodies and so forth, we'll be able to transfer like Jesus did. He went into the rooms, popped into the room, popped out, that kind of thing. Maybe we'll get to do some traveling around the universe. Wouldn't that be cool? I might like to visit some of that, those places, but whatever it is, I can tell you this, it's unimaginably wonderful. And, and so the promise for Joshua was to look forward God had made a promise for them. See this land that's coming? You're going to divide it. This is your land. You're going to go through some battle to get there, but you're going to get there, and you're going to get it all. And that's, a, that's an encouragement. I can strengthen myself in the Lord when I'm going through a difficult time and say, well, no matter what goes on, I have inheritance in Christ. I, it's all mine because of Jesus. And second of all, if you look actually in that same chapter in Joshua in verse number 9, he says, have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So, how do you encourage yourself? The Lord is with me. 
the Lord is with me. Why don't you tell somebody, you know, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. When you're going through this, don't forget that. When he says the Lord is with you, it doesn't mean it's just that he sees what's going on. When he's with you, he is with you in the same way that sometimes we'll say to someone, hey, I'm with you on that, right? I'm, I'm for you. I'm, I'm on your side. That's what it's saying. I'm, I'm on your side. I am with you. And so he says, the Lord is with me. And um, he said, the Lord is, will be with you. And uh, wherever you go, not just in the good places. When things happen and we feel God do some good things, this last week, in fact, yesterday, I got some really good news about something. I'll, and it's, it's about the church, and I'll tell you about it in the future. But right now, for this, it was just really good news. And I can, admittedly, when I get good news, things that I consider good news, I can go, oh, Lord, you're so good, and you're with me. So glad that, you know, you're doing, and, and I feel like God, you know, God likes me. You know, those are the times I feel like God likes me. But then, when things don't go so well, and in fact, they might not even, it might not be that they don't go well, it's just that they have a potential of going bad. You know, it's worry, and, and it looks like things could go bad, and well, then I start to wonder, is God really with me? Listen, it's at this point you need to strengthen yourself in the Lord. You need to speak it out loud. You need to say it. You need to, your, your soul needs to hear what you know according to the scripture. You need to, your, your emotions need to hear what you know according to God's word. The Lord is with me. God is on my side. I am highly favored of the Lord. Those are the times I do that. Those, those can be transitional times. Those can be turning point times in your life when it looks like everything maybe has fallen apart, but you encourage yourself in the Lord according to his word, not according to your emotions, not according to what other people are saying about you, because people will turn, people, they're not going to all go with you, right? They're not going to all go with you in your journey. And, and then the last one, well, it, it's found in Second Chronicles, and I wanted to bring this one up. This is the, um, the story of King Hezekiah when the city was being besieged by Sennacherib. And uh, Sennacherib uh, was the king of Assyria. And Assyrian army, huge, huge army, was, um, was set in military array. And I, I want to read this, this two, three um, verses here in Second uh, Chronicles 32, 6. Follow along. It says, Then he sent military captains over the people, gathered them together to him in the open square of the city gate, and gave them encouragement, saying. So what he's done is he, got his, he, got, he has his army leaders together. They know this army outside is massive, that they're, they're done for. They, there's no way they can overcome them. But he says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor dismayed before the king of Assyria, nor before all the multitude that is with him. So what you see, don't be afraid. Yeah, good. Thanks for telling me. But this is why. He says, for there are more with us 
than are with him. You see that? He says there are more with us, and I'm sure there are people looking around and says, what are you talking about? (laughs) There aren't more with us. They have the larger army. But then he adds, with him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. How do you strengthen yourself? Listen, I have an army on my side. I have an army on my side. And God has given us power and the Holy Spirit. We have, we have the Holy Spirit. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We have a host of angels that God has placed. And so right now, the, the, the heavenly host, there are more on our side. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. There is more on your side than is in the world. You see? God has given us, he says, strengthen yourself. And as you strengthen yourself in the Lord, the Lord then strengthens you. You're strengthening yourself in God, then the Lord strengthens you. It says in Psalm 119.28, my soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. Strengthen me according to your word, Lord. Strengthen me according to your word. I'll strengthen myself in the Lord. And God, just pour your strength in me for this season in my life. This turning point. I want it to be a a turning point, Lord. I want to learn how to strengthen myself in the Lord. Let that be your prayer. I want to learn how to strengthen myself. I want to learn to walk strong, even in the most devastating times, but in every time. I don't, want, I, I don't want to ever be without walking in strength and courage in God. I want to live that life of strength and courage. Folks, we need to learn to strengthen. You need to learn to strengthen yourself in the Lord. We, we, need, to, we need to take and we need to... to Make this a pattern in our life. It ought, to, it ought to be natural for us. When we come into these places, we just start doing it. We start strengthening ourselves in the Lord. We go through these processes of looking and reminding ourselves of God's inheritance. We remind ourselves that God is with us. We remind ourselves that there's more with on our side than on their side, whatever the enemy is trying to do. We, we worship God and we begin to praise him and we thank him in advance of what's going on. And we live in this place of strength and courage. No matter what's going on, we don't, we don't allow defeat into our lives. We do not allow. We, we are victorious in Jesus Christ. The Bible says you are more than an overcomer. You're not just an overcomer. You are more than an overcomer through him who strengthens us. So today I want to ask you to just take a moment and, uh, and just, I'm, I'm going to ask you to do this. I, some of you might feel uncomfortable. I don't know if you're alone or if your family's there. Just forget that they're there. It doesn't matter. I, I want you to, to do a physical action. Let me tell you, I, 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 I did this almost every day uh, while my kids were growing up, and uh, I would come home from work almost every day. I, I wanted to make sure that when I got home, I didn't carry my burdens from work and from church and carry it home into my household. I wanted to be fully there with my kids as much as possible. 
And so I learned this trick. I, I don't even remember. I heard somebody actually uh, on, on the radio, I think it was, um, say that they did this. And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take advantage of that. And what I did is when I got home, I you know, got out of the car, I walked over, and I pretended like I had this cloak of, of weight, you know, of, of, uh, of whatever I was carrying. It was my, you know, my, my, um, my burden, if you were. And I took it off and I hung it. I, I always passed, our, we had a little tree, and I act like I was hanging it on one of the branches. And I just, because it was a mental thing, I'm hanging up my burdens. I'm going to go in, I'm going to embrace my kids and my wife, and we would, I would be home, you know? And I would t t leave that behind. That action I physically did. It was a physical action that was more emotional. I want to take a different action. I want to take, and I want to, I want to take the, the, the ephod, and I want to put it on. And I want to be the man of prayer. Maybe you would do that right now. Why don't you take the ephod and put it over your shoulders and take on that role. I'm going to pray for others. Others will pray for me, but I don't need anyone to pray for me because I can pray. I can pray. I, I love people praying for me. I'll accept it. I'll encourage it. But if no one prays for me, I've got an ephod. I can pray, and I can go to God. And let this be a turning point in some of your lives right now. You take that ephod, and it is now yours. Father, I pray for anyone that is listening, Lord, this morning and has not given their life to you. Lord, they're living alone without you. They're living their life on their own strength. And I pray today, if you are that person, that you will accept Christ. You can invite him into your life. You can ask him right now, Jesus, Jesus, I come to you as my Savior. You are the Savior of the world, and I want you to be my Savior. And I surrender my heart to you. I believe that you died for me, and you were buried, and you conquered death for me. I surrender my life, and I ask that you would help me I ask you to cleanse my soul from my sin. My sin has separated me from you, God. And I know I'm an imperfect person. I'm a sinner. But God, you made a promise to wash it clean. And I ask you to wash it clean from my soul. And help me to follow you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to go to our website this week. I'm going to ask you to do that. And... Uh, and get started in our new walk with God, but just um, you can go and, and uh, you can email us that you accepted Christ as your Savior, and we want to give some information to you um, and send you a Bible if you don't have one and just connect with you. So please let us do that and let us help you in your walk with God. And for all of us, God bless you. We're going to be together soon. I'm going to keep giving you some more updates on that. And uh, at some point, we're going we're gonna to open this place up, in, and we're going to all be back together again. But in the meantime, in the meantime, God is sufficient, and he's enough. God bless you.
worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. You're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. this declaration together.
God, what a firm foundation you are. Jesus Christ, the rock of our salvation. We look to you today, God. So I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone. And I will not be shaken.